0: Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend and colleague Alfonso Rachel, and this is the Virtue Signal. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving uh, holiday, in spite of the fact that the entire pillars of civilization are collapsing all around us. Uh, Zoe, um, I've got a problem with profanity.
1: Mm.
0: I don't have a problem with profanity. I've got a problem with profanity. Here's my problem. <laughs> there is we, we, we live in an increasingly profane society. Every day just gets more vulgar and more coarse and so on and F-bombs and S-cluster bombs and all the rest <laughs> of the stuff's getting th- thrown around all over the place. And here's my problem with profanity. Not in the first-person stuff I do here, but in, in, in other related work and so on and so forth, it is – it's like th- 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 this profanity is kind of like a, like a protein shell around a virus – and it has, to certain people, uh, to a lot of people, the ring of truth. So here's my actual problem with profanity: if I want to make a, 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 you know, a piece of entertainment or something, and I want it to get to the people who need it rather than the people who don't need it, usually that's going to involve the kind of language that's pretty much in common usage everywhere, pretty much every day, and that's not the language. That um, the people who watch this show use, or the people who are the members uh, at BowLittle use. So here, so this is my problem, and I've been wrestling this with a long, with this for a long time. I, I kind of decided to talk about it today because um, for my moving back to America show, there's this uh, this guy white white rapper named Samson, and he's just fantastic, just utterly destroys the Biden administration. But it's like it, there's there's I don't know. 2530 F bombs of that thing. And I'm gonna bleep them all out for, for our audiences. But you know where I'm going with this? There's mm-hmm. there's I, I think probably the best way I can I can put this dilemma is I think George Carlin said when he was talking about the seven words you couldn't say on TV. He was, I think he said something to the effect of, it's just hard for me to imagine a a bunch of guys who are in a motorcycle gang, and one of them says to the other, excuse me, I have to go tinkle now. You know, it's so, so where do we come down on this? I mean, do you think it's, do you think it's uh, justified within the bounds of that? Certainly profanity can be very, very lazy. Just, just sheer lazy writing and lazy comedy is all about shock value, but what do you think about this idea that it, it does
1: bring a certain authenticity to things? Uh, well, something can be authentically awful. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> something can be authentically destructive. Um, and it's unfortunate that a lot of people, they, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like this rawness or even when it, it's negative or when it's anger is if like these things are the real uh, validators of reality. You know, how raw you could be or how negative you could be or how even profane. It's like, oh, man, it's so real. It's like, well, you know, (laughs) there's another side to that realness, too. Um, You know, I think the irony is, is that um, these things are viewed as adult language. Um, I don't see anything adult about it really no, it's, it's great that's I, a great point. I tell you what man i i <laughs> at some point, I was in middle school. I was in grade school at some point, despite how much school I ditched. I was in school, and kids curse way more than adults do that's you know that, that from where I come from it's like man I, we we could have like sailors running out of the room, okay, but how much we curse um strong language I don't see it as strong language. I think I see it as language that shows a lot of a lack of restraint restraint takes strength and you know when people are out there and they're cursing it's like and they don't care that you know hey babe, kids may hear this sort of stuff and then we wonder why kids grow up to be more profane than the generation that was before us
0: no that's a great point and this is and this is why it's a dilemma for me Mm -hmm. because on one hand i would just i would just wrap these messages in that in that protein shell Mm -hmm. and and that would reach the people who we need to reach and there is such a thing as a as a church movie you know Mm -hmm. uh there's there's nothing wrong with that, but it's very hard for that to cross over. One of the reasons I was talking about this this guy who did this rap thing uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, is because he's he's really good. You know, he's just mm-hmm. very very good, and and that and and that profanity turns into a sense of like authenticity and passion and and all the rest of it. Now I completely agree that you don't have to have that in order to to be authentic. But for example, if just to narrow it down. If I'm doing a, a story uh, about, a you know, a platoon of guys in mm-hmm. Afghanistan and, you know, a, and they, you know, when one of them really gets angry, he says, oh, dang it. <laughs> it, it you know, it's just it's just not going to be there. And so this is this is my dilemma. I don't want to make things worse and I don't want to be a part of the problem. I'd like to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But what I think has more weight for me is you got to get this message to people one way or another. Mm-hmm. And if you wrap it in something that they find uh, digestible, then 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 at least you're exposing them to ideas that they never would have been exposed to before, including ideas such as not using the f word every other word.
1: Sure, man. And you know, I, even in my audio book, uh, a solid Right cross. You know, I talk about like you know, if you're gonna make a war movie, or even a, like a cop drama or something like that, somebody you know, loses a limb or something like that in the midst of that, they're not going to be like, oh, golly, gee, that's smarts, you know, they're going to (laughs) be, you're going to hear a bucket load and that's real. You know, if you, and, and, you know, the way these people like, you know, cope when they're going to the service, you know, and and the way that they cope with each other and they bond and whatnot, you're going to hear some pretty salty language. And that's a real thing too. Um, In that sense, you're not being frivolous with profanity. Um, There's, there's the point. Yeah, it's if it, you don't want you don't want this just you know this this foul mouth frivolity, you know, just saying cursing, you know, just for the sake of doing it. Um sometimes you know there there is a cert, a certain effect that you're going for, but you know, we talk about this, you know, it's like where who draws the line on that? Who does that? You know, uh, who who has the the final stamp to be able to do such things. I think the real creativity though bill, a real exercise of creativity is to be just as effective with drawing on language that can drive the point home just as well without sacrificing the integrity. You know, it's like, okay, we talk about how the country is just so profane and whatnot, however, we're gonna justify the means to this end and doing that, you know, it's like, you know, for me, I draw on the word of God. You know, we talk about a strong language, the strongest language in the world, you know, in the universe was like, Hey, let there be light. God didn't say, let there be effing light and drew on that to give power to his, to, you know, to, uh, his, uh, speaking the universe into existence and laying down the foundation for the it. F the darkness. That was the first words out of, out of out right. Of you know, I mean, when you talk about, you know, the Supreme architect, man, who's, who's leading a big construction crew. It's like, look, man, I'm getting ready to lay this foundation. I want you to, like, he's talking to the superintendents or the foremans and say, hey, I want this effing done. Like, it's like, no, he didn't have to say all that. It's like, they know who the mighty is, man. It's like, okay, man, we better go get this done and start laying these foundations, you know, or doing our part to report that, hey, when he said that this is how he did it, this is how it's done don't F around with it. It's like, no, (laughs) you know, this is the schedule. This is how it's going to get done. That's it. So, you know, the strong language, you know, as the word says, like life and death is in the power of the tongue. You know, are you going to assume to be speaking something that's constructive and useful while using, you know, destructive language, this isn't even useful demolition if you're going to do this. And even God does demolition work and he speaks demolition. However, even when he does it, he doesn't use destructive language or frivolously foul language to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that that the word that really is the dividing line is gratuitous, right? Mm. Uh, you know, is is like are, are you just you are you just using profanity everywhere because it, you you feel like it makes you sound like like you said powerful or an adult or shocking mm-hmm. or whatever? Nothing particularly shocking to me anyway, given the circles I swim
1: in. Big staple about, singers. About,
0: yeah, you want to, you want to, you really want to shock me? Use the word "prestidigitation." Uh. Prestidigitation—that would impress me. So you can have a situation where your your uh, your protagonist has the self-discipline to, to not swear, but I, I still find myself in a situation, and it's not just profanity either. It it, com, it comes down to to things like. Um, well, if you just take a downtown scene, right? I mean, if you have a scene downtown, let's say you got a, a couple of cop characters and they're and they're the good guys, and they go to a strip club. That's what people do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's often what cops do. They don't go to the YMCA, <laughs> and so and I'm not and I'm not trying to be flip here, and I'm certainly not trying to ridicule. Uh, a lack of profanity. I'm not I'm not doing that at all. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, get I'm, obviously I'll read the comments on this, I'm trying to get a sense of, of the balance and obviously some people are absolutely, completely offended by it to the degree where they're like, goodbye and, and, and goodbye with the membership. Other people, doesn't bother them at all. But I think, it's the gratuitous quality of it, because mm. when you get right down to it, you know that word is 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 it's a pretty multifunction verb, <laughs> adjective, noun, uh, pronoun. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of uh, of versatility. But the reason I I, I I think that gratuitous is the word is because it is the go-to lazy word for people Mm. who want to express themselves. They think that if they use this word with enough emotion, then they're going to show people that they are really effing serious and not just serious, (laughs) you know? And, and, and and so here I am in this, in this, um,
1: a bit of a pickle. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and it's, you know, as you use, um, and, you know, and I forget this, and I've seen the video, man, and his, 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 rhymes are strong, man. This has got a strong beat. He's in pocket. If it's the same person I think of, I, I, I watched a little bit of it. I was listening. 46, to
0: forty pre- six thirteen. It's a, it's a white guy with a mullet uh, out in the field. He's fantastic.
1: Well, I, I don't, I don't, okay. This the guy that I saw had a a, a big beard. Uh, no, no, is that, I'll send you this guy. He's, he's, he's,
0: he's awesome. Okay. He dismantles uh, the Biden administration.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll trade, we'll trade some videos because okay, there's, there's cool. another guy. I think you'll really like him too. And like I said, you know, his flow is strong. You know, his, his phrasing is great. Um, and, but I'm listening to all the profanity. I'm like, man, you're, you're cheapening your message. And you know, when we talk about, okay, these are the people that we're going to relate with, we we have to speak a certain language to relate to them. It's like, I understand because, you know, that's what we talk about. We're trying to relate to the culture, find a way to relate to, but relating to them with what is destroying them is counterproductive. You know, it's like we're, we're trying to, it, it's very shallow. And the whole point is like, dude, dig deep. You to dig a little bit deeper. You know, how can we be creative and how can we really, I mean, you know, even even uh when when putting together a military campaign, it's not just a point of, okay, we got all the big guns. Let's just send the guys in there and just, you know, guys, wait. no man, you, you have to calculate even the word of God talks about this. When you set up a war campaign, you have to calculate how this is going to be done. What are acceptable losses to you or so on and so forth. This stuff is laid out in the word. So even in this, you have to calculate, okay, and you're going to have to dig deep to minimize casualties, maximum result and, and, and maximum yield and stuff like that. You can't just do these things willy nilly and just say, I'm just speaking for raw emotion. You don't send your guys in there with just raw emotion. They got to have a plan, you know, and have to be able to execute this thing as good as possible. So folks have a better chance of going home and you can take that field, you know, and in doing this is the same thing. You got to dig deep, man. You know, and um, so I didn't listen to the whole thing. I got enough of the point. And uh but all that t- to your point, man, it's just a point of, you know, if you're going to do this, you're trying to relate. I understand that you're trying to speak the language and so on and stuff. So but if you're speaking the language of destruction and speaking the same language as keeping these people in a hole, you're not really helping anybody. You're really just getting something off your chest and and assuming that everybody else is a part of it. And it's just a part of destruction, really.
0: The counter argument to that would be yes they 're they're, they're living in a in a in a profane and vulgar hole, and they 're covered with sewage and all the rest of it and yes, we want to rise we want to raise them up and so on, but they 're not they 're not coming up they 're not hmm. they 're not, they're not hearing it they 're not tuning into they 're not reading you know heritage foundation hmm. uh, uh, pamphlets they 're not, and so the argument the counter argument would be. If you're going to if you've got people who are who are down in the in the sewers and you're trying to bring them up, because they're not coming up on their own. This is the entire point. I wouldn't even have brought it up otherwise, because mm. if everybody was, you know, had their act together wouldn't have to be dealing with this. Mm. But when you got people living down in the sewers and you want to get them out of the sewers, you have to go into the sewers to get them. And when you do that, you pick up the the the, the beautiful bouquet of, of, of fragrances that come with the sewer and all the rest of it. Doesn't mean you have to stand there, it doesn't mean you have to kick it up or stir it around anymore. Than you. then you need to. But if you are going down there to get people, mm-hmm. and you go down there in a white suit, when you come out, it's not going to be a, a. It's not going to be white suit anymore. You're not going to look like Pat Boone on the way out. And to me, that seems like like a a, a worthwhile trade.
1: Indeed, but well, you know, we want to have a catalytic approach to it. You know, what I'm saying it's like you got one wants to go in and they want to make these changes, um, but you got to be careful that you don't exactly become what it like, what it is that you went into change. Like sometimes I hear, you know, people on the right say, man, we got to learn how to fight just as dirty, you know, as they do. It's like, no, man, you want to keep the high ground. You know, one, it's a better, it's a better vantage point anyway to have the high ground. And, you know, as, uh, you know, the word says, man, careful not to cast your pearls before swine. You know, they'll drag you under and they will destroy you. You, you, you don't want to become part of that. I think it was, uh, you know, Mark Twain who paraphrased that and basically saying, don't, I'm not trying to call these people idiots or anything like that, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you, you don't want to go down that road, man, because they'll beat you with experience. You'll end up getting dragged into their world and you'll, and you'll get conquered. Um, you know, even, even where, as far as the word of God, you know, uh, is concerned, You know, the word says his holy one will not see decay. So even when Jesus died, he still did not become like one of the dead. You know, he was in his tomb. He went to minister to the prisons in hell. He went to Sheol. However, even though he went there, he didn't become like them. He died, but he didn't become like the dead. He Instead, he made the dead like the living. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we're Mm -hmm. trying to do. He didn't become this foul, rotting corpse You know, he didn't, the Holy one did not see decay. So he didn't make, he didn't become like them totally. You know, he became like us in that we die. But once he became dead, he did not remain like the dead. He turned the dead back into the living. So that's what we're trying to do. We want to be able to go in there and not become mucked up with the profanity and stuff like that. We want to still be able to stay clean. That way we can bring them into what they, you know, bring them out of Egypt, so to speak. They don't want to be suffering there. It's like, okay, well, come on, man. Don't make me like you. You become like this. I thought this would clear things up for me, but it's actually made it worse. Uh,
0: <laughs> just, just to close this, uh, you, you mentioned Mark Twain. I, I, I don't have this almost exactly right. Uh, Twain, once, Twain, by the way, Mark Twain was, was famous for cursing. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think it's 21st century cursing, but mm. at, he was way out of the line um, on, on the standards of, of when he lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So much so that his wife was constantly on him about it. Hmm. constantly on him about it and and he he once said um occasionally profanity will will provide a comfort that's denied even to prayer and Hmm. and and i guess all i'm saying is if you've ever whacked your thumb with a hammer Mm -hmm. you know that there is some there's something very 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 deep that connects base emotions like aggression uh or, or or pain with a verbal response, and and I don't know what that link is exactly, mm. but it's certainly there. And one of the funniest things of uh, really in, in in the whole culture is is watching somebody smash their finger and then trying to get that same satisfaction by not using those words. There's a, there's a great scene in <laughs> in uh, in, a, in a Christmas story. You know, I don't know if you if you know the movie with the with Ralphie, like the little yeah. kid. He's, he's, yeah. So his dad, Darren McGavin, is just wonderful. He's down in the in the in the uh, basement trying to fix something, and 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 he, you, you can just hear these sounds. It's like and 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 they're covering their ears, you know. And it's like I don't know. It, there's something almost like, it's almost like that knee jerk reaction, literal knee jerk reaction when somebody taps you on the knee with a, with a rubber mallet, which I do recreational. I just go up and down on a bus if I'm able to tap them on the knee. Uh, but, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's like an automatic release of pressure somehow. And maybe that's what drives, uh, so much of it in terms of the uh, superfluousness, uh, the surper, sur, superfluity. of uh, I'll <laughs> I'm losing it today. I don't know. It's <laughs> probably just made up a word. Sounds good. The superfluity mm-hmm. of of it. So maybe it's just connected to the fact that it kind of comes naturally with pain and anger and rage yeah. and we live in a, in a world that's filled with pain and anger and rage.
1: Oh, totally, man. I mean, you know, I think Yosemite Sam, you know, he was miffed at Bugs Bunny. F- to- <laughs> and and you yeah. know, and-, yeah. and, and that stuff is hilarious. You know, you hear that stuff and you just hear these people like sensing so That stuff's hilarious. You know, and I think of like, uh, you know, the beatings that, you know, the prophets and, and the Lord himself took. It's like, I I don't imagine when the Lord was like, you know, getting getting the licks put to him. He was like, you know, uh, just, you know, shooting out a whole bunch of every profane. In the Hebrew language, or, or Greek, or Aramaic, or, or just speaking any language that he could start. I mean, he knows them all. I'm pretty sure if he could have, he would have cursed in every language on earth. Uh, but it's not recorded that he did. Uh, I don't know any of the prophets that did. Uh, and once again, it's just that show of strength. And but I, I get what you're saying, man. You know, I, when I when I was trying to go, you know, at work as a, as a healthcare worker, one of the things that you learn is that a um, pain makes people angry. OK, you're going to deal you're going to deal with some very angry people. So pain is tied is definitely going to be tied to anger. Fear is tied to anger. Somebody scares, you know, the snot out of you, man. And you're going to start cursing and stuff like that. It, it just happens. It's a reflex, so t- you know, and you're ready to start ready to fight. You might even you might throw a F-bomb or you might throw a punch, you know, one or two. Yep. Uh, and it's it's understandable, man. And uh, and, and that, now just really quick, man, this is the funny thing about movie making and uh, movie making we're trying to make the movies believable. That's the irony about making movies. We try to make them believable, plausible. This is what a person would do in a real life situation while expecting people to suspend disbelief. We do these things in, in movies and try to promote them as, as as fiction, but at the same time, we're trying to have an effect that will cause people to behave a certain way in reality. So it's one of those things where as, as entertainers, movie makers or content creators, it's like, okay, how do we balance this out where we're trying to let people know what I mean, really, what what are we trying to do? Do we want to make this as realistic as possible while expecting people to suspend this and justify the things that we'll put in it, you know, with the profanity and whatnot, and then not expect people to emulate that somehow while complaining about how how you know, profane the culture is getting while saying we have but we're trying to deliver a positive message. You know, we hear that in a rap game a lot, you know, I'm speaking a message of effing positivity and all that sort of stuff. I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, I'm not seeing how that's working. Uh, or even, you know, whatever genre it is, man, you got these same people saying that we're trying to be positive and spread love in the world, effing love and all that sort of stuff. Okay. That doesn't seem to be working.
0: No, I guess not. Mm. I guess, um, Maybe what you're saying is you can just kind of seduce them out of it rather than full frontal nudity. Maybe you just show a little bit of shoulder, you know, something like that, a sweater, that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, And I will just close this episode by saying, uh, uh, on behalf of millions of people like me, uh, whoever, and and I guarantee you there's somebody watching this video who knows who I'm talking about. I I don't know the name of the person. But whoever the artist was who first came up with the idea of using all of these different characters to represent swearing. You know, when you see, when you see like it written out, it's like, it'll be on the, it'll be on the thumbnail for, for this, uh, for this show, but you know, it's like the ampersand and then the the, the dollar (laughs) sign and then, you know, the, that's just pure genius. You look at that once, and it's like, oh, that makes sense to me. Yep. That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal, which is made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. Uh, it's a happy little family, and it could use to be a little bit bigger. If you want to find some friends that you haven't met yet, might be worth your time to just go over there and take a look. We've got a members forum that's real active, and and uh, I never cease to be amazed by the quality of the people we have, and uh, and and the level of uh, intelligence. I don't know what they have to do with me at all, but nevertheless, there they are. So it's, uh, it's there for you if you want it. For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Woodle. We'll see you next time here on the Virtue Signal.